Entrepreneurs Over 40, Episode 18, featuring Joe Draper, talking about Canva and other aspects of online business. Patience is probably the biggest thing that you need to have. And if you don't have patience to sit with somebody and nurture that person on their education level, because you don't know if that person has learning difficulties or they have any other difficulties. So to be able to stop, take the time and go, okay, where are you at? Nurture who it is that you're educating. You're listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40, the show for somewhat mature entrepreneurs and side hustlers. And now your host, Greg Mills. Our guest today was originally from Nottingham, England, the home of Robin Hood, but chose Gold Coast Australia as her home in 2008. She's the owner and founder of Live Virtually and is known as the base chakra for your biz. She is a self-confessed Canva addict and Disney nerd. With experience in graphic creation and design, mentoring, coaching, project management, leading teams with positivity and kindness, and bespoke services, you can rest assured your business is in safe and secure hands. She provides bespoke services to ensure your course, membership, projects, businesses, next event, or service runs without a hitch and you look like the spiritual professional that you are. She runs the podcast, Beautiful Conversations, formerly known as the Live Virtually Podcast. She's married to Paul, mum to a big human named Andrew, and a little fur baby named Scruff. Without further ado, Joe Dre. You know, when you listen to your own bio, you're like, Oh, cool. I sound awesome. <laughs> I love it. I, do you know what? I'm happy to say I am awesome. And I think more of us need to say that about ourselves and to say, I love me as I am and my quirks, my flaws, everything. It's it's all good. So, um, yes, I'm Joe Draper. Thank you so much. Now, can you take a few moments and fill in the gaps from that intro and bring us up to speed with what's going on in your world today? My world is pretty much filled up with amazing, intuitive and spiritual women in business where I support them. So I find that a lot of women get stuck with, I don't know what tech to use. I don't even know what Canva is or I want to use a system for my clients, my marketing, whatever that is. And so I found that a lot of them were, were almost brainstorming. So the story for, for the base chakra for your biz, that came about, I was on a group coaching session and I was telling people on the call that I help these women <coughs> who quite often live in, a, in the higher space that I was then grounding them and keeping them accountable and helping them with their businesses. And so she said to me, oh, you're the base chakra for their biz. And now if you've got spiritual listeners out, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But basically your chakras sit through your body and they're all like, like spinning wheels is probably the easiest way to describe them. So I actually developed a membership based on the seven chakras for business. So it's teaching spiritual and intuitive women how to run a business but keeping it in alignment with their values and their spiritual gifts. My podcast has therefore changed direction because 
I've changed direction. Like I started out as a, you know, a typical VA, if you like, and then have evolved into more business management and this membership. And, and all, But I still do one-on-one clients with design and, like I said, the emails and things like that. So, yeah, it's good. It's, it keeps me out of mischief. now you've mentioned the seven chakras of business and i believe that is part of your live love manifest program can you talk about that a little bit started out with six members i didn't want to have a lot of members because i just wanted to put everything together and make sure that it was a viable product so i've had six members now we're on week nine ten we're on week ten so basically it's Seven lots of seven. So because there's seven chakras, there's seven weeks. So they we start off with the base chakra, which is your systems, your foundations, and like your legals and your insurance and, you know, all those things that you need when you start your business. And then we work up into um, the sacral chakra, the solar plexus, the heart, throat, um, third eye, and the crown. So each week I do a recording. So there's a module. So for this week, I've just got setting goals in alignment with your business. So I go through and do slides and a recording. We also do a group mentoring session once a month. And I've just introduced a content creation session because I found that most people are able to... um, get what they want to prepare for the month and me included like I get a plan of what I want to do and where I want to post and what I want to do but actually sitting down and creating it is another matter you just sort of put it to one side and you know it's like oh I better do that post today so then you've got to jump into Canva or you know jump into Facebook or wherever you're going to post so we've actually got a two-hour session and that will be like Pomodoro. So it will be, you know, a 20-minute do some work. I'll help them with anything that they need. So if anybody needs a tutorial on Canva or it might be that they're doing email marketing and they need to know how to set up a template in their um, email provider. So we'll do all that on the session as well. I also offer an additional service with Voxer Mentoring. So if somebody needs more one-on-one support, we do a monthly Voxer Mentoring session as well. So there's loads of bonus tools in there. So I've got planners, I've got habit trackers, I've got journals. So there's lots and lots in there now. So I've actually got a webinar at the end of the month to people how to, it's called Hack Your Tech. It's for, again, the spiritual women to teach them how to create a very simple and easy tech system that they can use in their business. So that might be a client onboarding system or using Google Workspace and Canva in their system. There's there's ways that you can use a very simple system or you can have a very sophisticated system. Now, what are some examples of how Live Love Manifest has helped the people in their businesses with some of your clients? Um, I think... The reason it helps people is because it enables them to align their spiritual gifts with their business. And I I find that 
for a lot of women, it's they don't like being on social media a lot. They don't like necessarily being in the tech space. So it's it's more about simplifying and educating around your business doesn't need to be hard. It can be easy and some things might be a bit confusing. Like if you need to use Zapier to connect to this program, but it's simplifying every single process for them so that the things that people find difficult, we all have something that we find difficult. It just simplifies all of the systems. I did one a couple of weeks ago called Inner Wisdom and it's that was just teaching people how to trust their inner selves. So listening to your subconscious, listening to your gut and following your own path. We look at what others are doing and we, we, we're very good at comparisonitis and especially women. And I know men do it too, but women especially are really, really good at, oh, well, she's at this stage or she's at this stage or she's earning a million dollars or whatever. But they're not seeing what's behind that and what's going on for that person and how long it's taken because that person doesn't necessarily tell you that, you know, they've gone through burnout or they've they've done this. So it's trying to educate around your, your business doesn't have to be icky sales doesn't have to be icky but if we don't tell people that we exist then we're the best kept secret yeah i believe one of your colleagues lise cartwright was talking about how she couldn't believe that she had made her own business as difficult as she had she didn't like the sales aspect of it either at first but then realized like you just pointed out that if you don't tell people that you exist they're not going to come find you absolutely So did you come from an entrepreneurial background or did anyone in your family have their Um, own business? My dad actually had his own business. My dad was a painter and decorator. So when I was growing up, I was in, (coughs) excuse me, in the school holidays, I would always go with my dad. But now I started out in a corporate background. I went on a youth training scheme when I left school and I went to typing school and learned you know, how to type and learn English for office skills and I learned shorthand and I started out in an office. One of my first jobs was in export and I learned on a manual typewriter. So I've got really wonky little fingers because of that. <laughs> and I went to this export department and they had an electric typewriter. So I went from I've gone from a manual typewriter to this electric, which was like, oh my God, like amazing because it was so different. But the thing was with export, everything was in triplicate. So you had carbon copies and stuff. You could not make one mistake because it was like a bill of lading. So, you know, it was what was going to take this part from this side of the world to the other side of the world. So you weren't allowed to make any mistakes. So there was no there was no tipex or whiteout or anything like that. You couldn't scribble anything out. If you made a mistake, that was out the typewriter and you started again. You quickly learn that you have to become accurate. So that means being present, slowing down, taking your time. And then all of a sudden you go and whiz bang and I was typing at 100 words a minute. But, you know, that teaches you discipline. It teaches you and to definitely to be present. But, yeah, so I started there and 
Then I went into the legal world and spent a long time there. Early on in my career was taught about leadership and training. I went to work for the Royal Ordnance Factory in, in Nottingham and they made like small arms weapons. And I never saw any. I signed the official secrets acts and everything, but I never saw any weapons. I worked in purchasing. And I remember going into this um, like cabin, if you like, and there was a box on the table and a, and a book. And they said to me, okay, well, can you put that together? There's the book. Can you learn it? And then can you teach everybody else? And it was the first computer. And, you know, so that's like, that's how old I am. <laughs> you know, I've gone back to manual typewriters and the first computer. So I opened up this computer and like it was pretty much DOS-based computer and it was like word perfect. If anybody remembers that far back, it was word perfect. And um, so I had to put all this together, learn how to put the spreadsheets in and everything that they needed for the purchasing and then teach everybody else. And so that started me on this journey of I could actually learn stuff pretty easily and then share that knowledge in a way that other people understand. It was, I think, teaching adults from a young age gave me that recognition that I can teach anybody anything. And it doesn't matter what their learning style is because we all learn differently. So some people learn by doing and some people will learn by watching and some have to write down millions of notes. And it doesn't matter how they learn I can teach them. And it's not till the past few years that I've realized that's actually a gift. That's a gift. That's my gift from the universe that I believe is, you know, that I was brought here to teach people how to do things that other people find really, really difficult. To me, it might be, well, that's a really simple process. But to somebody else, that might be the most difficult thing in the world. So if I can break that down for them and sort of break that barrier between that piece of tech and that person, then, you know, I like, I'm a happy person because I've done a good job today. You just hit on something about being able to teach things that you understand, but I've often heard, and I think a lot of us suffer from what we, what's called the curse of knowledge. How have you gotten around that? Um, and I should back up and explain you know, to our listeners, curse of knowledge is just, when you understand something and you think that everyone else does. I think it's understanding people and and therefore understanding body language and taking somebody on a journey from A to B or A to Z because some people don't tell you that they're finding that thing difficult. And an example, I've run a couple of Canva workshops now when I first did my first workshop, I wrongly assumed that people would know what Canva was and that they would already have an account. And so we had women turn up that didn't even know what Canva was. So I'd sent templates out and sent links and said to people, if you haven't signed up yet, here's the link, sign up. It's a free account. Here's the templates that you're going to need on the day. And then we get to the day and you go, okay, did you get the emails? Yeah, but I didn't know what to do with them. Two, the, the, 
usual person, that's a really simple step. It's not that simple to um, some people. And I think patience is probably the biggest thing that you need to have. And if you don't have patience to sit with somebody and nurture that person on their education level, because you don't know if that person has learning difficulties or they have any other difficulties. So to be able to stop, take the time and go, okay, where are you at? You know, and they've gone, well, I don't know what that is. So just taking them through the actual step-by-step process and of really breaking everything down sort of to the nth degree is probably the the other side of the curse of the knowledge. Yeah, I suppose nurture is a good word. Nurture who it is that you're educating. Now, I've, I've used Canva. I, I probably use a fraction of what can be done with it. But it seems to be a pretty, pretty good little program, and I'm using the free version. What are the differences between, like, the Canva Free and Canva Pro? The biggest things for people like me who work with lots and lots of different women, I can have all of their brand kits, so their logos, their colors, their fonts, um, all separately so that when I go into, say I'm creating an email header, when I open up that email header, I would then change that brand kit to theirs. So we'll go with Greg. I'm going to open Greg's brand kit, and he's got uh, Montserrat font, and he's got um, Arial. And then his colors are blue, green, yellow. And so I've got all those there very simply. And then I can use your font. So if I was using a template, I can then easily change the fonts, change the colors into your brand. The other, there's a couple of things too. You can store a lot of photographs. So I've got like thousands of stock photography that I've purchased in there, plus like lots and lots of different folders. So I've got, for example, I've got a Live Virtually folder and then within that I've got my social media, I've got my um, membership, I've got my clients and then within the clients I've got subfolders for clients that I work with regularly and then I've got another subfolder for ad hoc clients and then within there. So it's very, very granular. The biggest thing for Canva Pro is the background remover. So say you've got a photograph and the wall behind is like just really distracting or something, you can actually remove the background and just have the person, which is really good for like Facebook headers or your Facebook banners where you've got an event. To be honest, I don't think it's that expensive for what it is. If you think how much Photoshop costs, it's not that expensive for what you actually get. Gotcha. Okay. Now, what sites do you recommend for stock photography? If you want free stock photography, Canva's really good. They've got lots and lots in there. And again, if you get the pro version, there's more stock photography than you that you can get. There's a site called Pexels, which is P-E-X-E-L-S. Unsplash, 
-hmm. Pixabay, a lot of the sites that actually sell stock photography will normally give you a few of their photos so you could try out if you like. I've used some of the Pexels and Unsplash before. I'm always a little bit leery in that, you know, what kind of protection do I actually have if somebody comes back? Because A, would I remember where I got it from? Yeah. And, you know, B, maybe they had a correction. Yeah, I think where whatever you're using, you've got to always look at the license. Even with Canva, you know, if you're using stuff from there in um, websites and, and or even, you know, material that you're going to sell, you've just got to read the license. And then if you're unsure, you've got to get legal advice. So are there any tips or tricks that we should know about Canva? First thing that's come out is that you can now upload a PDF to Canva. So if you've got a PDF from ages ago and you wanted to update it, you wanted to update the copy or something, you can bring a PDF in. It's still in beta mode, so it's not like 100% perfect, but it's better than recreating the whole thing. Now, it sounds like Canva is really going after Adobe from the Photoshop aspect and from the PDF Adobe Acrobat. Yeah, yeah. I heard on the grapevine that there is a fillable section coming, which obviously is a big Adobe thing. Um, and I also heard that um, footers with page numbering was coming. So that would be good because at the moment you have to do it all manually. And if your pages move, well, then you've got to start again. <laughs> so my advice if you're doing anything with page numbers is wait until the document is finalized and then put your page numbers on or export it to something that you can use page numbering. Okay. That's very helpful. Good to know. Thank you. So what is what exactly is a creation rejuvenation special? That was like my, I suppose that was my older title. So the creative was obviously the creative side of me. The rejuvenation is I take your Word document, your slides, your coaching documents, your agreements, your proposals, and I rejuvenate them and make them into something creative. So that's where that sort of fancy title came from. So, yeah, it's just creating and rejuvenating what you already have. It started with I had a client who's got two businesses and she'd had she'd gone to graphic designer and had all her logo done, had all her new colours and fonts. And so I then had to take all of her business stationery and rebrand it. So that was where the rejuvenation started. Okay. Now, in your VA business, are you are you still focusing on? I still do quite a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. However, moving forward, I am working on some workshops and courses and getting the membership, obviously, um, out there into the world now that I've had a few weeks with a few people. And 
so yeah, so trying to move in the one to many, but still keeping in that very educational niche of teaching people what they need to know in in the simplest way possible. Now, what's your webinar hack your tech so, like? Can you describe that? Yeah, so that's a creative's guide to creating a very easy and simple tech system. So the Trello board that I have as my freebie is a complete client onboarding system. And so whatever business we have, we always will onboard a client, whether that's for a product business or a service business. You have to take steps to do X, Y, Z. Years ago, we'd call them standard operating procedures or SOPs. Whereas now it's just the the tasks that you take to get that person from they don't know about you yet to I'm working with this person. But also with your client onboarding, it goes with the same with offboarding. So when you finish with this client, whether you've done a massage or you've done a massive website, whatever it is, what's the process when you offboard the client. One of the biggest things that I find people don't do is they don't ask for reviews. And if they do, they don't then follow them up or do anything with them. So they've got all these amazing testimonials, but they're not sharing them. So it's like, well, how do I take that client onboarding system, that client offboarding system, and all the things in the middle, like your social media, your marketing, whether you want to go on YouTube or a podcast, how do I make that a simple system? And so the ways I'm teaching in the um, Hacky Tech is a task management system or project management system. So that could be Trello, could be ClickUp, could be Asana, could be a piece of paper. And Canva, obviously, because um, wouldn't be very good if I wasn't teaching somebody how to use Canva. And, and also Google Workspace, because everything we need is within Google Workspace. So if you, if you don't um, purchase Microsoft, you've got Google Sheets, you've got Google Docs, you've got Google Forms where you can do surveys. So, you know, you can do a very simple client onboarding system with a Google survey, which then links into a Google sheet. And then the more technical side is, oh, I could have a, a Zapier from that sheet to somewhere else to put it into the task management system. <clears throat> so that might be um, if somebody leaves me a Facebook review, for example, I've got one set up from zapier to a trello board so if somebody leaves a google review or a facebook review zapier will then take that review and put it into my trello board put a date on it put me on it and send me an email to say hey somebody's put this review in for you so that's just taking it one step further but it's still a very simple system and the the way of setting that zapier up is i can actually share the one that I've got. So they don't even have to necessarily set the whole thing up from scratch. You can share your zap with other people and then they can just almost follow 
what you've done there and just connect it with their Trello board or ClickUp board. Okay. Now, it, it sounds like it, there's a really good opportunity for teaching people about Zapier because I've got to confess, I have not used it. I've used If This Then That on a limited basis, and yeah, it works somewhat. <laughs> I've heard a lot of good things about Zapier. It can do a lot of things. And I I think for on the free version, you obviously only get, I think it's like five, five zaps with X amount mm-hmm. of things. But another example is um, you zap your Instagram. So every time you post on Instagram, your zap picks up your Instagram post, including the image, and drops it into a content board, which you can then reuse on other platforms. Because, again, we don't reuse our content enough. So, you know, we've created this amazing piece that we've written, and whether that's a blog post or it's a long-form content. So why not take that piece and share that across other platforms. And that might be taking that and making a video of it or recording a podcast or writing a blog post with that post. You know, it might be just a tiny caption, but can you take that and elaborate on it and make that into something else? Because most of us are creating very similar content depending on what our niche market is and who our client is. So we're always going to be posting tips. We're always going to be posting educational things um, and tutorials and things like that. So why not take that and repurpose that? So that's another example of a zap that you can use. There's one of my peers, and she's very techie. She uses one where if she makes an appointment or somebody makes an appointment through her scheduling app so say calendar she has a zap that then will put a buffer either side of that appointment so if the appointment um or if you need to like have wiggle room before because you need to prep for something or the meeting goes on longer than you thought it was going to do you've got then that buffer rather than you going into your google calendar and adding those buffers manually so it's just another simplified step okay you also mentioned something just a little bit ago about people pricing themselves and i know you've talked about people undercharging themselves with regards to price why do you think that is i do it i do it myself i totally underprice myself and i think most of us do i think price is more about value so what are you paying for when you hire me? Well, you're paying for 30-odd years of experience, plus you're paying for my knowledge of all of these platforms. Realistically, it shouldn't matter if something takes me 30 minutes to create. It's not 30 minutes. Of, you know, I think we still trade time for money, and that's one of the things that I'm trying to get out of is, to stop trading time for money because we still charge on an hourly an hourly rate rather than per package. 
actually pricing ourselves. And I suppose it comes down to how much you want to earn, you know, for your year, what's going to be comfortable for you? What do you need? Do you need to pay the mortgage and you need to get shopping and pay your rates and, and all that stuff. So how much you actually need, what's the buffer on top of that? How many hours do you want to work per week? How many clients do you want to work with? And what does that look like? And then, you know, taking that hourly rate, if you like, but then creating packages around, well, what what do I offer? And an example of that is I sent an email out to my current and past clients a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, I've got two spots to do 30 custom-made social media graphics and I'll include 15 bonus stories. And I put a, a package price on that. And I had four people come back and say, yes, I'll have that. And that, to me, was a really good indication of, well, that package actually works. So now I can take that package into the market and go, hey, does anybody want this? Like it wasn't like mega expensive, but it meant that if somebody's took me a little bit longer, I still had that buffer of time, whereas I wouldn't have if I'd have said, oh, it will take me an hour or two hours, you know. So I think it's just thinking about things differently, I suppose, and, yeah, looking more at your packages and the courses that you want to write. And I know a lot of people now are wanting to do courses and memberships because a lot of us are wanting to get away from the the one-to-one. I've got quite a few women in my network that want to start working with teenagers and children, which then you've got to then target the parent, but also the child, because you want the child to say, hey, mom or dad, I want to do this. It's only X amount. So it's just filling that value. So what is the value? People like bonuses. So when you do stuff and you you give you've got a package, what are the bonuses? So the bonus for me could be okay, you get a 30 minute session with me where we go through what your issues are and I can then point you in the direction of what you need. So it might be somebody joining my membership. I would suggest you start with this module, this module, and this module, rather than them going in there and going, Oh my god, there's so much content. You know, so it's just, yeah, I suppose it's just a different way of looking at what we offer, but not being afraid to try things and just going out there and going, hey, what do you think about this? And asking your audience. You know, I saw in Facebook this morning somebody was gone on and said, oh, is $55 too much for posting or creating images and posting content for somebody for a week. There was like 150 comments and almost every single one of them said it's too cheap. I'm like, no way, because that's going to take you so long to do, especially if you're doing it for somebody, then you've got to go and find their images, you've got to find their colors, you've got to get their content, and you've got to know how to write in their voice if you're going to start writing captions for people. Now, you're on a, a bunch of different social media platforms. Which one or ones really move the needle for you? And which ones do not, I guess? 
I like all of them, to be honest. And I, I believe my audience are on all of them one form or another. I probably spend majority of my time on Instagram. And if I was going to go live, it would probably be more likely to go on Instagram. I have had a couple of clients from there as well. I do like LinkedIn because it's a little bit different and it's more articles. But then I feel like my stuff actually stands out more on LinkedIn because it's very different. I've made some amazing connections over there and and just by commenting on people's posts or sharing content with other people it's actually a good platform and I think people underestimate LinkedIn people don't go there because it's like oh yeah my audience isn't there when they probably are the other place I hang out is Facebook groups because you can get to more people that way but showing up in such a way that you're adding value so you're not just turning up on promo day um, so you're actually turning up on all of the days. So you, you're giving value and then you're sharing, sharing others' posts and commenting on other people's posts and things. So not being spammy, I suppose. Yours is the first LinkedIn profile that I've come across that quotes Mary Poppins. In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. What does that mean to you and how do you apply it to your businesses? As you already know, I'm a Disney nerd. I've actually been to Disney World in Orlando 10 times and I do intend to go again. I even did a Disney cruise for my 50th birthday, which was, oh my God, amazing. I do love Mary Poppins and I love both Mary Poppins and I think in every job that must be done there is an element of fun. I try not to take myself too seriously like life sucks sometimes and things happen but if we can laugh at ourselves and be funny and bring some hilarity into our posts and into our lives and into our days and that could just be dancing around your office while you're doing something like there's no need for your own business to be boring and you to just because you're on your own in your office why shouldn't you have fun and there's lots of people out there so if you want to have fun with people just go live (laughs) and it doesn't matter if nobody's live with you because people will watch it later and you know what if they don't does it really matter like you just had some fun and showed up and been yourself and had some fun. So, yeah, I just don't take myself seriously. My husband is like my my best friend. We've been together for 22 years now. And one of the biggest things for us is that we make each other laugh. An example, we just watched Peter Rabbit 2 on the weekend. And I don't know if you've watched it yet, but so funny. <laughs> there was just one bit on it and like all weekend – we were just quoting this one bit. And we just like those lovely belly laughs that you get and your tears down your face and you, your stomach hurts and your face hurts where you're just to the point where you're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. You know, I love those times. And I suppose Disney is one of those ways for me that um, creates magic and 
creates the fun. It's just a bit of a laugh and I do love Moana and I also love Ariel. I would normally have my Ariel mug, but I'm still on coffee this morning, so hence the pelican. <laughs> Is there anything I haven't asked about that you'd like to talk about or add? I'd just like to add, like, you know, if if people are starting a business or even if they're further along in their journey and you're having uh, whether it's tech issues or marketing social media you know whatever it is there's always a solution and there's always a way around it and I think finding an expert that aligns with you because there are a lot of experts out there but finding somebody that aligns with you in your business is probably the best way and not being afraid to pay for that content. I always think if we pay, we pay attention. There's so many times we download all of the things, you know, oh, I'll download this and I'll download that and I'll download this. But where does it sit? It's probably in Google Drive or you download somewhere and you've never actually looked at it. So have a little declutter. (laughs) Have a a declutter. Get rid of all that stuff that you're never going to use. You know, if you've not looked at it for a year, you're not going to look at it. Um, But actually investing in either the time or the money to um, see what works for you. And like I've worked with a few business coaches now. So I've invested a lot in my business and myself um, and, you know, just finding somebody that, that works for you and that speaks your language, I suppose. Joe, what's the number one piece of advice that you can give for our listeners? Yeah, don't be afraid of technology, I think is the the, the thing. And, and it doesn't need to be hard. It can be as simple as you need to make it. I do have a second tip. The other, the second tip is sales is not a dirty word. It can be simply you telling a story and then saying, hey, would you like to be like so-and-so and join me? So it doesn't have to be icky and we're not used car salesmen, though. So. Not that all of the used car salesmen are icky. (laughs) So what's the best way for people to check you out and get in touch with Joe Draper? My my website is www.livevirtually.com.au. You can find me there. I am on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. So you can find me over there. And I've also got my podcast. My website's probably the best way. And then you can find me all the other ways from there. And that's a wrap. Thank you, Joe, for being my guest on Entrepreneurs Over 40. Joe certainly lived up to the tagline on our LinkedIn profile that quotes Mary Poppins. In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Joe started out as a VA, but has ended up in more of a business management role. 
She focuses on teaching women how to infuse tech into their businesses and really breaks things down to a level that her clients understand. She also helps them fight comparisonitis. The idea that you're comparing yourself now with where somebody already is. She points out that you don't often know what the other person had to go through to get to where they are now. She went on to talk about Canva and Zapier and had several tips and tricks for each. We also talked about how it seems like it's human nature to want to underprice ourselves and that we really need to resolve you know, not to do so. Now next week we'll have on Colleen Kohanic talking about how she helps women from the typewriter generation start successful online businesses. Be sure to subscribe in your podcast app so that you don't miss it or any other episodes. Now, before we go, I have some sad news. Some of you may know Merlin, our elderly Shih Tzu. It's with great sadness that we had to say goodbye to him this week. We got him from the pound for over 13 and a half years ago and never really knew how old he was. We asked him repeatedly, but he always deferred. He was simply a very good boy and will be missed. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Over 40. Check us out at entrepreneursover40.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast directory.